This episode of Armchair Explorer is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. And epic journeys is what we're all about. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. My name's Aaron Miller. I'm a travel writer myself, and this podcast is all about taking you on adventures. I want to show you the world in the time it takes you to commute, to drop the kids at school, to go for a jog, to cook dinner, to whatever you're doing. We want to immerse you in adventures and the amazingness of this planet. Each episode, we're going to get on a guest, a travel writer, a presenter, a photographer, an adventurer, an extreme athlete, and they're going to tell us their absolute favorite story from the road, their best travel experiences, that story that you just can't help but tell when you're down the pub with your mates, and they're going to tell it in the most immersive way possible. We want you to feel in your bones what it's like to be there for real. That's what this show is all about. It's about putting you into incredible places. It's about reminding you how amazing this world, this planet really is, and that you're a part of it and it's waiting for you to explore it. But this episode is a little bit different. This is our very first episode of our very first season, which is super exciting. So I want to tell you one of my favorite stories. I want us to hang out a bit. I want to get to know you. I want you to get to know me a little bit more. So I'm going to tell you one of my favorite, favorite stories of the last 10 years. I've been lucky to to be a travel writer for the last 10 years, and I've done some incredible things. I've met some amazing people. I've been to some absolutely wonderful, awe-inspiring places, and I feel so super lucky to have done those things. And I want to share one of my favorite stories uh, from the last 10 years. It's called Cliff Camping, which sounds insane. It is insane, but it's also brilliant and amazing. And it starts hundreds of feet up with me dangling from a cliff in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, one of the most beautiful places in the world, in the pitch black, scared out of my mind. But let me just backtrack a bit. Cliff camping, if you're not sure what that is, is basically extreme sleeping for insane people. It's taking normal people, non-mountaineers, non-mountain goats, up to incredible heights and dangling them from a cliff on a portal ledge. And if you don't know what a portal ledge is, it's basically those flimsy nylon beds that mountaineers and rock climbers kind of haul up behind them on multi-day descent ascents of big uh, cliff faces like El Cap and Yosemite. And they, they actually just sleep on these things. They anchor them to the, the cliff face and they get their sleeping bags out and they spend the night. And that means that they can kind of climb up half the cliff, spend the night and then climb up the next cliff, the rest of the cliff the next day. That's basically what cliff camping is. It's taking vertical virgins, up to enormous heights, getting them to live out all their mountaineer fantasies and sleeping on a portal ledge with a guide, but spending the night like a true rock climber, like a true rock star mountaineer on a portal ledge, camping out on the sheer cliff face. That's what cliff camping is. I freaked out, I'll be honest with you. I've done lots of mountain stuff in the past, but this really freaked me out. This was one of the most exposed, full-on experiences I've I've ever had. And so I want to start the story 
basically at the base of this cliff. I'm in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. There's jagged peaks, glacial blue lakes. I've just walked past a, a herd of elk grazing in this beautiful sunlit meadow, chipmunks scurrying around. It's like the Disney world of mountainness everywhere you can see. But then I'm at the cliff and just imagine being at the base of this cliff, looking up hundreds and hundreds of feet of sheer vertical rock face above me. And that's where I'm gonna spend the night. And as I'm standing there, my guide Buster Jessic, who by the way is to climbing what James Bond is to dry martinis, he just makes it look good. He's the coolest guy. He's straight back from Denali. He's just climbed El Cap in like this ridiculously hard way. And so we get there and he just scurries up this rock face like it's nothing. To him, it is nothing. To me, it's terrifying. And even more terrifying than climbing up it is waiting alone at the base, watching someone else climb up it, knowing that you're about to have to follow that person and do it for yourself. And then it starts to get darker and clouds start to roll in overhead and it starts to drizzle and it feels foreboding and dark and menacing. This cliff is called Deville, like devil, you know, it's like the most appropriately named, uh, you know, cliff in the world for this kind of thing. It's just this menacing place all of a sudden. And then Buster looks down and he just motions with his finger, time for me to come up. So I start to climb and it's been a while since I've been on the rock and it's, it feels good to, that movement feels good, but the clouds are getting darker and heavier and they're coming over this ridge above us and it starts to drizzle and the wind kicks up and Buster's trying to shout something down to me and I can't hear him. The wind is just whipping his words away and whipping against my face and I can feel this this cold and my hands are getting cold and wet on the rock as I'm pulling myself up through this crack and I'm getting closer to him but I'm maybe 80 feet high now and I'm not quite there and I can feel my feet start to slip. The, the rock is now wet there's no denying it's raining it the rock is wet and slippery and i'm and i'm and i'm kind of just trying to wedge myself up in there just focusing on getting to this portal ledge getting to this you know this safety zone where i can i can feel like I'm, i'm okay now but as i climb up i get to the portal ledge and that's when i realize there is nothing secure there is no safety in being on a portal ledge it is swaying in the wind. I mean, I'm tied in. My mind knows I'm tied in, but my body just feels so at risk and so exposed. And the clouds are darkening and the wind's kicking up and there is a storm coming. There's no denying it. And then suddenly, flash. Lightning hits. Lightning is one of the Rocky Mountain's biggest killers, and and we're right on the edge of Rocky Mountain National Park. I've interviewed park rangers there before, and lightning is one of the absolute biggest killers, and you are exposed as you can be on a on a cliff face. I mean, anyway, anytime you're rock climbing on a on a cliff face, you are exposed. Lightning's just gonna try and find you there. But 
on a giant red nylon uh, bed. You are literally like painting a lightning target on your back. And the scariest thing happened after that. You know, I, I guess it, it was frightening for me to feel that kind of the power of that lightning so close that, that you know, that just eruption of noise and power and electrical energy. But my guide, Buster, was, was much more experienced to climbing. He's, he's a totally cool, relaxed guy. It was the sort of guy that nothing could faze him. He starts mumbling to himself and swearing under his breath. And he looks at me and he says, we're going down fast. And he just throws me off this portal ledge and SAS style just abseils me down. Boom, to the base as quick as I can go. Then he follows, shoom, we're both down at the base. We're, we're you know, untying and running into the woods for shelter. The storm is now in full thunderstorm above us, and he's panting heavily. And I'm looking at the ground and thinking, thank God I don't have to do this anymore. This storm has rescued me. I don't have to spend the night on that terrifying portal ledge. I don't have to do cliff camping. I've tried. I've really tried my best. But the weather gods have come in and said, no, you can't do it. Because no one would go and do something like cliff camping. No one would sleep on a portal edge if there was a danger of a thunderstorm. No one, that is, but Buster Jessic. This episode of Armchair Explorer is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. And Pathfinder, that's a pretty cool name, isn't it? Because that's also what this show is all about. Exploring, getting off trail, having adventures, finding your own path and living life to the fullest. Sound like you? Yep, sounds like me too. Which is why I'm so excited to partner with Nissan. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has seven drive modes, available intelligent 4x4. It's got the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. So go ahead and bring all that gear with you and lots more. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, a vehicle built for adventures everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Buster has other ideas. We're going to wait out the storm, then we're going to hike around the back of this cliff in the dark through bear country, scrambling up on our hands and knees until we get to the top. Then we're going to abseil down, rappel down over the back of this cliff face in the dark and land on the portal edge that way. And then we're still going to spend the night there. We're still going to go cliff camping. <laughs> But let me just take a little aside here. I'm a big fan of uh, adventure sports. I think that adventure is a way of expanding the possibilities of who we are. It 
and can really enlighten us to to the kinds of people we can be. There's been loads of really interesting science done about this, about how you know it can boost our self-esteem and confidence. But I think it can do more than that too. It can show us who who we really are and who the possibilities of who we might become. You know, we are born into these cliques, these social cliques of families and societies, and and we live in these boxes. And adventure can kind of unwrap and break us out of those boxes and that's what I love about it so fear sometimes is a good thing fear is sometimes it's pushing us forward it's expanding uh, the parameters of who we are and who we might one day become you know I I'm fully on board with embracing the fear but fear sometimes can be something more than that and that's what I realized that day fear sometimes can just end up being raw panic, a kind of ancient instinct that you just can't shake. Sometimes you can't embrace fear and grow with it. Sometimes fear is just something that you have to endure. So we do it. The Eventually the storm fades, the clouds roll back, it's now, you know, maybe 10 o'clock at night. Stars are just starting to pop out on the horizon. The sounds of the forest and the mountains have kind of subdued into night. And it actually feels really peaceful. You can feel that this kind of energy of the storm is now passed and, and it feels peaceful and quiet. And, uh, you know, it, it just a, a really beautiful place to be. But that's when Buster gives the word. And so we begin this crazy hike up the backside of this cliff where we are scrambling through stone and pine brush and grabbing roots and branches up this ridiculously steep cliff face. And it just feels like this crazy adventure where we are off the trail. We are where the animals go. We are where the wild things go. And that feels different than just, you know, hiking on a trail and and staying in a designated campsite. We are bushwhacking through the wilderness and scrambling up covered in mud and dirt to reach the top of this peak. But then when we reach there, Buster stops. There is a, a gap of maybe two feet between the edge of the the mountain summit where we've kind of climbed to the top of this cliff and where we need to get to and that gap is like a it's like a kind of crevasse it sinks down for hundreds of feet and it's just black just the blackest pit you can imagine and we have to jump across it it was the hardest jump i've ever had to do because if you miss that jump, I mean, I probably if it was on the ground, I would have jumped across it backwards. But the consequences were so high to do that jump, just to stand on the edge and to will myself to jump was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And I'll always remember that split second of being in the air, having committed to jumping across this 300 foot crevasse and just from the side of my eye, looking down and seeing my body just fly over this this black abyss. And 
I'll never forget that feeling. It felt so dangerous and raw, but at the same time, so kind of liberating and exciting. And it was incredible. And when I landed that jump and I was on the other side, I was elated. But I was a little too early to be elated. We had one challenge left. We had to secure a rope to a boulder on the edge of the cliff and abseil down, rappel down 100 feet to our portal ledge and, the, and our bed for the night in the dark. If I thought I was scared going up the mountain, when I looked down the other side of that cliff, I knew I was just kidding myself before. This now was true terror. For anyone that's ever done abseiling, rappelling, is always a, a weird sensation. You have to walk backwards off of a cliff. It's a weird, weird feeling to have your back facing this dark abyss. I mean, in the daylight, it's weird because you can kind of sense this height beneath you and your instinct is to want to sort of turn around and, and see it, but you're walking backwards into this empty space, into this kind of sense of vertigo you think it might be better at night because you wouldn't be able to see how high up you were. It's not better at night. It's 10 times worse at night. It's like walking backwards into the belly of a giant beast. The night was so full, so complete of darkness. It felt like I was being swallowed by something. And in many ways I was because I was descending into this void and it felt like it was covering me like a dark blanket all around there were no real stars or other lights out yet and I, I couldn't really make out where I was it was very disorientating I was just in a black space and I was walking backwards and because the cliff was kind of overhanging I couldn't I couldn't see where Buster was. I was just, you know, abseiling down. I was just walking backwards down this cliff face. And it's the strangest feeling, you know, that the only, I had a, a head torch on and the only light I could see, the whole, my whole kind of sphere of perception was just this narrow bubble. And that was my whole world. It was like I was, I could have been an astronaut in outer space, you know? And I realized halfway down that this was the wildest, most dangerous, most raw place I'd ever been in my life. And that made me think, that made me feel in some way so kind of connected to that cliff and to those mountains because it's one thing to see them uh, from the trail or from a viewpoint or from a car park which is where most people see those mountains but to see it from this perspective how many people have, have seen that perspective yeah it was terrifying yeah I couldn't wait to finish that abseil and get to the portal ledge and, and tie in and just curl up into a ball but but that wildness, that rawness, that sensation, that just that pure exhilaration, that wilderness, I felt that in my bones and it felt incredible. It felt like I was really privileged to see 
this this landscape from this incredible place. Eventually, I did make it down. It was a it was a nightmare. I, the, the rope wasn't long enough. I had to, you know, Buster was trying to shout up to me, and I had to, uh, you know, tie myself into the cliff using a piece of protection, and then untie the rope, and then retie it again to, in order to come down. And you know, untying a rope in that situation is the most unnatural, terrifying thing you will ever do in your life. And uh, but, you know. I did it, I, and then I was too far to the left. I, I had missed where I, I'd kind of gone down on an angle accidentally, and I had to then literally run, like, you know, action movie style across this cliff to, to, to try and get some kind of pendulum-like swing to, to make it to where the, to where the, the you know, buster and uh, my bed for the night was. But... Eventually I got there, you know, he tied me in and I'm sitting down on the portal edge and I think, okay, I've done it. We're here. I've done it. But the thing is, the feeling of danger and apprehension didn't leave me. I was dangling over the edge all night long. Every time I shut my eyes and tried to get some sleep, I was exhausted. All this adrenaline I had through the day, I would get this sensation that I was spinning backwards, that I was about to fall backwards. It was this kind of dizzying vertigo experience. I've never had anything like it. And this part of me would, would scream at me. As soon as I was about to fall asleep, I would just be drifting off. I'd feel my mind drift off. And then the part of me would scream at me and I would gasp and sit up, bolt upright, because I was not allowing myself to sleep. Six billion years of evolution was not allowing my brain to shut off and sleep in this place. This was too raw, too dangerous for me to do that. So I stayed up all night long in this pattern of spinning backwards. And it got worse, you know. I had, at one point, the wind kicked in and, and it started to rain and we had to take shelter and cover ourselves and I could feel that you know the storm was kind of brewing and shaking me uh, through the night I had to have a pee it was the worst pee I've ever had to have in my life I had to literally lean over the edge of this portal edge and just go for it and uh, you know I mean extreme sleeping is one thing but extreme peeing I mean if you if you've never had a pee 500 feet up with vertigo pulling you backwards 360 degrees you've really never peed before but eventually something absolutely incredible and amazing happened and really it's the point of this whole story the dawn broke sunrise came light and color filled this valley and suddenly I saw where we were. We were in the heart of this beautiful mountain valley and in the distance the town of Estes Park which is this this kind of small town on the edge of Rocky Mountain National Park. Lights were just flickering and glimmering on like little stars in, the, in this kind of early morning dusk and it was so peaceful and so beautiful. It was like watching kind of watercolors flood a black and white painting and slowly fill out every corner of it and the light and the 
the color changed me too. I, I began to relax. I breathed and I've truly realized how special this place was. And Buster turned to me and he said something. He said, look at all those people down there. Don't you feel sorry for them? He was pointing down at the at this town with all the lights flickering on. We could kind of see car headlights flickering on and, and starting to move, people going to work. Look at them, he said. Don't you feel sorry for them? Just going about their ordinary lives, watching TV, going to work, and they don't know what it's like to be here. And that is why we do adventures. That is why we challenge ourselves with this kind of risk and feeling to have that unique perception, that have that unique perspective on what uh, a feeling, a place, a viewpoint that almost no one else has seen or had before. And when you have something like that, it changes you forever. You get back down to the ground or to wherever you're, you're going that next day and you carry that experience with you. It becomes a part of you and it became a part of me too. And afterwards, after we watched the sunrise, we eventually abseiled down to the ground. And when I got to the ground, movie style, I fell to my knees and kissed the ground. I promised myself through the night, through that long, dark night of vertigo and fear, that when I made the ground, I would kiss the ground and I would never do anything like this again. But when I kissed the ground, I said something else to myself. I made a different promise. I promised myself that I would be back there again, that I would do it again, that I would challenge myself again, that I would embrace and endure that fear again because that sunrise, that dawn is worth it. That view is worth it. That feeling of being in a true wilderness, of having a true adventure is always worth it because it expands who you are. Dare to be truly alive. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for letting me tell that story. I absolutely love that story of Cliff Camping. I hope you liked it too. It's been great hanging out with you. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening to these stories. Please come back. We've got loads of great guests and loads of great stories from the world of travel and adventure and exploration this season. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to hanging out with you some more. I also want to give a huge shout out to my man, Mike Kumba, a.k.a. LID. That's L-I-D, stands for Life in Development, lidmusic.co.uk. He's a producer, he's a rocker, he's a solo artist, he's an electronics experimenter, and he's done all the original soundtracks, original music that you've heard today. I absolutely love this guy. Definitely see it as a collaboration. Great stories need great soundtracks, and that's what he provides. So please do check him out. His solo stuff is on The Sweet Chap at Spotify, or uh, check out his composition material on lidmusic.co.uk. If you want to do this incredible, insane thing of cliff camping for yourself, you can. Please go to armchair-explorer.com. Each episode on our website has its own page. And on that page, you're going to find lots of background photos and information about what you've just heard. And you will also find links to book uh, these experiences for yourself. When you book through us, 
you also uh, help us out. So if you click that link, that affiliate link, you also help out this show. So if you enjoy this podcast and you're interested in doing it yourself, please, please uh, uh, follow that link through and book it that way. Please also stay in touch at Aaron M. Writer is my Instagram and my Twitter at Aaron M. Writer. Please get in touch with us. Um, you can email us to Aaron at armchair explorer.com please let me know your thoughts requests whatever you want please get in touch it's always great to hang out and i want to leave you with one thing and that is the reason why i travel we are constantly being told that everything is doom and gloom and there are so many problems and so many things to fix in the world and that is true but there is also light there is also amazingness there is also wonder and when you open your eyes and you look for it you will find it in this incredible planet of ours and you and when you find it in the planet when you find it around you you'll find it in yourself too because the more we look for wonder in the world the more the wonder of the world becomes a part of who we are explore dream and feed your spirit well thank you for listening i'll see you next time